coming up. He's always been very, very mild-tempered. He's really, really easygoing. And for someone to actually really cut him short is almost a dagger into the community's heart. They say that he was like one of those kids that would ask, like, why do people do bad things? Like, why, why can't people just get along? For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Stan Norwood, who fittingly goes by the nickname Stan the Barber, has been cutting hair at Dennis Barbershop in New Orleans for 15 years. I actually got my first my first haircut here. His passion for the job is rooted in the connections he builds. I went to college, I graduated, I have two degrees. But my choice was to come and constantly stay involved with the people around me to try to be influential. In the wake of the senseless shooting death of one of his regulars, a 14-year-old named Jameer Alfred, who's remembered as a bright student, football player and a band member. Stan the Barber has had a challenge for other barbers. I'm asking every barber to take the responsibility to be inspirational and ask questions. Joining us today is Erica Ferrando, a reporter with WWL-TV in New Orleans, Louisiana. Erica, tell me about Stan Norwood. Who is he and how did you first hear about what he's trying to do in New Orleans? Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, so Stan Nor- Norwood is this barber in New Orleans. He's been a barber here for years and, um, he actually goes by Stan the Barber. That's what everyone calls him. <laughs> so he's very, he's very different, I think, in that he is a barber, not just because he wants to cut people's hair. Like he says that the reason he's a barber is because he wants to have an impact in his community. So he's one of those barbers that you go in, you sit in his chair, and you're going to have probably a really deep conversation about life. (laughs) So really cool guy. And um, I actually found out about him because I was at a prayer vigil for this 14-year-old that was shot and killed on Christmas night. And so Stan was there because he actually used to cut this kid's hair. And he was just like so fed up with it. And he says, you know, I've literally been to so many of these vigils. I've been to so many funerals. And he's like, I'm just sick of kids, you know, becoming part of this crime and getting shot for no reason. And so that's why he was at the prayer vigil. And he, you know, had this like message and this challenge for other barbers in New Orleans. And he's basically saying, look, we are the people who all of these kids go to. Every single kid, whether it's the good kid or the bad kid or someone who's the suspect or the victim, they're all going to the barber, right? They're going regularly. And so they're seeing these barbers regularly. And so he's like, you know, as this person, we need to be influential. We need to, you know, give them more than just a haircut. Don't just cut their hair. You need to have meaningful conversations. You need to be a good influence in these kids' life. And he's like, you know, this may just be one small way to stop the crime in New Orleans. It sounds like he's really found a way to serve as a mentor for a lot of his young customers. To use his words, one of the quotes from your reporting is him saying he serves as a source of motivation and inspiration for kids and teens that come in to the barbershop regularly. What are some of the ways that he says he embodies that role of a mentor? Well, so first of all, he always talks to these kids about, you know, what they want to do with their lives. He'll be like, hey, so how's school going? And, you know, what are you planning on doing once you graduate? Stuff like that. And, you know, he's like telling me these stories, like I'll have some kids that come in 
and they're like, you know, I don't know, I might want to get into construction or something like that. And he's like, well, hold on, I got someone to hook you up with. And so he'll find contacts for these kids and he'll tell them about different programs. Like he goes out of his way to find you know, some way to help these kids and whatever they're trying to do. Through encouragement, through offering job information, GED programs, there are so many different things that I often, I'll, I'll leave from here and go get information to come back. I'll call kids all the time. You know, he talks about, you know, different job opportunities with these kids because he's like, you know, there's so many people coming into the barber shop and maybe it's someone else that's just sitting there and is like, hey, you know, I have a job opportunity for you. He's like, you know, we can play such a bigger role in these kids' lives than, you know, just having them come in and cut their hair. And so, it, I mean, it's really cool. He just, I think he's someone that almost serves as like a father figure to some of these kids because he kind of grows up with them too. Like some of these kids, he'll cut their hair for years. And if they go in, you know, once a month or so, you know, you're seeing them regularly and you sit there and you just have these meaningful conversations and um, you know, it's just, it's just really cool. The st- the, he has a lot of stories like that of just how he's been able to kind of play a bigger role in these kids' lives. You mentioned that prayer vigil for one of the kids that Stan the Barber had this sort of mentor-mentee relationship with. Um, it was a 14-year-old named Jameer Alfred. What have you learned about this 14-year-old? Who was he? I'll say this, Jameer Alfred, he sounds like he was a really good kid. He actually did come from a very good family. Both of his parents have always been in his life. And he was literally just, it sounds to me like he was just an innocent person that was just either in the wrong place at the wrong time or I don't know. But he's a 14-year-old. He was a bright student. He played football. He um, played in like a marching band. He played the drums. I mean, he was just like a good kid. Um, I interviewed his parents as well. And they say that he was like one of those kids that would ask like, why do people do bad things? Like, why why can't people just get along? Like he, he wasn't the kind of kid that yeah. I think someone, you know, would target. And so he was with a few family members Christmas night and they were going to Walgreens to run an errand and someone drove by and started shooting. And they shot Jameer and he went to the hospital and he did not survive. And so, I mean, as of now, police are still trying to figure out why or who did this. His parents have no idea who it was. They don't know why someone would do this. And so it's it's really still, you know, a mystery. Um, his parents thankfully feel very confident in the New Orleans Police Department. I mean, that's what they told me when I interviewed them a few days afterwards that, you know, they they felt like things were going in the right direction, that they were going to get some answers and some sort of closure. But as of now, we still don't know like who this was or why they did it. Are there any details at all that have been released that might, you know, help spur some some tips or information, any security footage, information about the car, anything like that as far as you know? Not right now. And I think police are just still investigating it. So they haven't released um, anything publicly yet. And I don't know if maybe the parents are getting more information. Um, hopefully they are than, than what's being released. But as of now, we just know that New Orleans police are still investigating this, but we haven't gotten any information about a suspect or a motive or anything like that. And for this family to just, to lose their 14-year-old son like that on Christmas Day in the middle of a, a trip to Walgreens, just, this, you know, just running an errand, it's it's so awful. And it it seems like the broader community too, you mentioned the prayer vigil. It seems like the broader community has had a pretty strong reaction to this sh- the shooting death. Can you speak to that at all? 
I think they definitely did. I mean, this was a, they had a prayer vigil literally a couple days later and um, the mayor showed up, the mayor of New Orleans, she was there. And um, there were a lot of classmates of Jameer's and different kids that he played football with and people that were in his band. A lot of people showed up to this, this prayer vigil. And I think it was because, you know, he was just this 14 year old kid that he didn't deserve this. Grief is so real take so much out of you to see something happen like this. If you knew Jameer, that's your reasoning for being out here. Because it happened to one of the good ones. Violence has no limits or no measure. It can hit anyone out those steps at any given time. But on Christmas night in this parking lot, it hit ours. Thank you for 14 years impacted our community may be the pivotal point to turn this whole city around. A lot of people showed up because they were like, we're just sick of this. This is happening way too often. Tonight, we are saying that enough is enough. And I will say too often, it's like, it, it almost just becomes like, oh, another, another kid was shot and killed. And they're like, we're sick of that. You know, it needs to stop. And so I think so many people were just like, this is just an innocent kid. It doesn't sound like he was you know, involved in anything or had any reason for anyone to target him. And so it's just like, why is there so much violence in this community? And, you know, we need to do something about it. And that was one of the reasons Stan the barber showed up is because he's like, you know, I'm just a barber, but maybe I can actually make a difference. Maybe I can really, you know, motivate other barbers to be at least one influential person because, you know, maybe you have that kid who maybe he's a bad kid that comes into your you know, your barbershop and maybe you can make some sort of difference in his life or, you know, I don't know. It's just, I think a lot of people were just very frustrated that like, why did this happen? You know, and his parents, I have to say this, they are, they are really incredible people because they're literally at this prayer vigil and they're like, we want to also pray for whoever did this and whoever their family is, because they're obviously dealing with some stuff too. And it's like, why did, why would they do this? We don't know, but they're clearly dealing with some stuff. So, you know, they were some pretty, pretty incredible parents. I will say that. Because ultimately they had to have some kind of issue that they were dealing with in order to commit a crime, a heinous crime, a senseless crime such as this. One of the, the quotes that stuck out to me in your reporting um, was, was from Stan the Barber talking about Jameer. He said, Quote, he's always been mild-tempered, easygoing, and for someone to cut him short is almost a dagger to the community's heart, end quote. Right. Tell me a little bit more about that challenge that he's made to other barbers to sort of step up and, and look out for their community. Yeah, that was that was a really, that was a powerful thing, I think, that Stan said. Um, just because, you know, it's obviously something hard on the parents, but I think his point was, you know, this is something that's hard on the entire community because it's like, why are we, why are we dealing with this? Why are we having to grieve this 14 year old's life? And so he is basically saying, you know, as a barber, you're sitting with these kids pretty regularly and talking to them. Like you can be a listener, you can be a mentor, you can really be a source of information for them. Even, you know, like, what do you want to do after high school? Like, how can we help lead them in the right direction? And you know, one thing that was also cool that um, he talked about, which um, was that the barbershop's almost like a community center, right? So you have so many different people that are coming in regularly and you're sitting in there with, you know, a handful of people. 
And he's like, you know, sometimes we'll just have random conversations and it's, it's like a, it's like you can meet so many different people in there who can help you in so many different ways. And he's like, you know, we need to take advantage of that, you know, use that for our benefit to help each other, to build each other up. And, you know, maybe like, maybe you meet these kids regularly who really need somebody to guide them, who need help, who need someone to just like push them in the right direction. He's like, that can be us. We as barbers can be that person that can influence these kids. Other than just give a haircut, see you later, and you're out the door. Norwood believes solving the root of the problem can start here. Everyone gets a haircut at one point or another, whether it's the person who's the actual suspect, as well as the person who's a victim. Now, at what barbershop? We need barbers to just step up, hold conversations with the younger guys, try to actually influence them, try to actually show some form of positivity. He's basically just saying, have conversations, be open, ask them questions, be positive. Because a lot of these kids don't have positive influences in their life. So let's just do something to try and stop all this senseless crime in the city. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a barber, but I know I was personally <laughs> inspired by that message, just seeing yeah. this guy step up and say, hey, we can we can all play a role right. in making our communities safer. You don't need to work in public safety to, to look out for your neighbors. That's a that's a powerful message. Yeah. And I, I do think it is something that it's not just for barbers. Like, obviously, he's talking to barbers because he's a barber. But you're right. It's something that I think anyone in any role, you can, you know, make a difference in people's lives in your community. So yeah, that was cool. And um, he was talking about how, you know, some parents think, oh, well, if it's not my kid, I can't, you know, give them any direction or I can't tell them right from wrong. This is something Stan's saying. And he's like, why not? He's like, if these are kids in your community, you should be, you know, telling them right from wrong. You should be guiding them and being a mentor to them. He's like, it doesn't have to be your kid. And he's like, you know, these are not my kids coming into the barbershop, but I'm going to be a mentor to them anyway. And of course, Jameer Alfred's parents are still hoping for answers that, that someone will come forward with information. If anyone listening to this does have information about the death of Jameer Alfred, where can they direct that? Um, the New Orleans Police Department, their homicide unit, um, the number for that is 504-658-5300 or Crime Stoppers. Of course, if anyone wants to report anonymously, his parents are begging for you to. Um, and the number for Crime Stoppers in New Orleans is 504-822-1111. And his parents, obviously, they know that these answers aren't going to bring their son back. But I think it will give them at least a little bit of closure, a little bit of peace to be able to kind of just move forward and know why so that they don't have to keep wondering every day. Um, because I think they know, someone knows something, someone knows what happened. And um, as of now, I don't think anyone's come forward or if they have, we haven't heard about it. So I think they're just begging for any information. Erica Ferrando, reporter with WWL-TV in New Orleans. Thank you so much for sharing this story with us today. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of The Daily Crime. We're here with a new story every weekday, so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're listening right now. If you have a few seconds and you want to help us out, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's quick. You just pull up the show page in the app, scroll down and tap where it says write a review. Even if it's just a couple words or a thumbs up emoji, we love to see it. It helps the show keep growing. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.